Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Gork's Red FM. Welcome to another edition of the Big Red Bench Women in Sport Podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy McCarthy, and you can follow me on my social media accounts, Instagram and Twitter, at McCarthy 74 Today we feature rowing, ladies football, and camogie. Our special guest is Skibreen Rowing Club President Nula Lupton, who speaks to us following her club's medal successes at the Tokyo Olympics. The Cork Senior Ladies Footballers are back in another All-Ireland semi-final. We get reaction from the management and players following their recent victory over Waterford. Yet, pride of place on this week's podcast goes to Cork Camogie. What a couple of weeks it's been for the Cork Senior, Intermediate, Minor, Under-16A and Under-16B teams. We hear from all five panels and get reaction to their recent successes. That's all to come in this week's Women in Sport podcast. Skibbereen Rowing Club President Nuala Lupton is no stranger to her beloved sport, causing excitement inside and outside Skibbereen. Nuala was the first club member to row for Ireland at a World Championships and a member of the first Irish women's crew to represent her country at the Worlds. The Skibbereen Rowing Club President was overjoyed to see gold medalists Paula Donovan and Fintan McCarthy, bronze medalist Emily Hegarty and new Olympian Aoife Casey represent Skib and Ireland with distinction at the Tokyo Olympics. As President of Skibbereen Rowing Club, um, is it is it difficult to try and put into context your emotions right now on the back of Paul and Finton's success, on the back of the previous success the previous day with the four ladies? This is a fantastic, lovely time to be involved in skibbereen rowing, considering the Olympic success. Yes, yes indeed. I suppose our overwhelming um, emotion last night was relief. Because um, you know everybody expected a gold medal, and they, you know, everybody coming into the shop even here all the week, they were saying, "Oh, we're going to get gold," you know. But we all know, knowing that uh, Olympic gold medals aren't easily come by, and uh, so the fact that they actually achieved it, and they had to row hard for it, you know, they didn't get it that easily. Um, that it was just a feeling of relief, really, within, I'd say, within all of us, because we had been so nervous. You know, we were mm. sick in our stomachs, really. We were so nervous uh, coming up to it because um, we knew they had the ability and we knew they should. But anything can happen. Anything can happen. You know, they could, as you know, the, the conditions there were difficult mm. for a start and both got sized and everything. So... You know, that's what's happening. Um, now they're more used to uh, rough water, I suppose, than others would be. But um, they could have gotten COVID. You know, anything could happen. So it's just the overwhelming feeling of relief that they actually achieved what they were capable of. The girls, absolutely amazing. Yes, we were so delighted for them. They're the loveliest people. And uh, Aoife, coming eight in the world, you know, they improved. Aoife and Mike improved. With every race, you could see them gaining in confidence, and they rode a brilliant race. So we're, we're so proud of them all. Um, and just on that, and the and the the ladies' success, you know all about that yourself, um, from your own past and your own involvement with skibbereen rowing. How important the long, long tradition of female rowers in the club. It's going back fifty years, really, because um, from the very beginning of the club. We've had equal participation, male and female, both on, on committee and uh, on the water. So it has been really an important and very strong part of the club that everybody was equal within the club. There was no vote reserved for um, the boys ahead of the girls or the girls ahead of the boys. It depended on, obviously, the size of the boat and who wanted to row in it, you know, and that, that, that was the only criteria. Other than that, everybody had an equal opportunity within the club. It's going back um, 50 years, as I said, and um, we have had success on the nine boats, male and female. And th- this really is the culmination, I suppose, of all of that. So it's 50 years of growing. Um, can I ask you, Nuala, where did you watch uh, Finton and Paul's gold medal race and uh, the other races as well, and who was with you? We had a little gathering in the club, um, out, outdoors, and the, we have a, a training um, a tunnel that had to be set up when the uh, athletes weren't allowed to train indoors. So um, it's open, it's kind of an open-air tunnel, if you like. So that's where we were, a bit weird. Um, in the middle of the night, it was dark <laughs> with a television, um, and it really it was freezing, it was freezing cold. But I tell you, when they won, we we didn't feel any cold. Um, we had the founder, one of the founder members there, Richard Hotford, 
and um, many people who have been involved uh, down through the years, but uh, no outsiders as such. You know, it was only all very small within the club, which makes it a bit strange by comparison to the last time because uh, everybody could watch it at the same time and you had the cars hooting the horns. But uh, when I was driving home afterwards, um, there were lights on in every house I passed. <laughs> At three o'clock in the morning, every house had lights on. It was amazing. Um, that I mean, you say it's very different to the last time, and it's correct. But it's a, it was lovely. To, that's a lovely image that you've painted there, and it's also a, an intimate one for the club members because look at the effort that you've put in in the background in your club members. This this success and the previous Olympic success, as you know better than anybody, it doesn't happen overnight. It requires a huge amount of time, dedication, and money. But Skibbereen Rowing Club has managed to do this over a long, huge, uh, such a long period of time. What do you put that down to? Is it the quality of the people involved with the club? Is it the dedication of the rowers? Or is it all of those things combined? Well, I'll tell you one thing, um, and it's not because I'm speaking to the Southern Star, but uh, our success started with the Southern Star and Liam O'Regan. Because he, being a sportsman himself, mm. he gave us publicity. And I think he was delighted to see a rowing club uh, starting up in Skibbereen and uh, he gave us publicity from the very beginning because otherwise you know we couldn't publicise ourselves and um, the community wouldn't even know we exist uh, if if we didn't have that publicity and on another note I must say the community have always rode in behind us every single fundraising um, event that we have had we've had the support of the community and we are so glad now that we can give back to the community by winning an Olympic gold medal for them. So that is just brilliant. You know, um, the, the, the community are delighted we're getting people trapping in all day, saying how, how thrilled they are. You know, so it's wonderful for the community who have supported us for so long to have this now. Um, how much are you looking forward to the homecoming? It's it's always special. It was special the last time, but the fact that so many rowers are coming back to the Skibreen area or to their Skibreen club, um, it promises to be something really special. Well, Gerda, you see, that's the next problem because yeah. of COVID and yeah. because of, of the restrictions. It cannot be like the last time. You know, we can't have a big um, a big gathering. It's just not possible. We're not allowed to have a gathering. So it remains to be seen what, what will happen. We don't know yet. Okay, but I would imagine as Skibbereen Rowing Club, you'd be asking anybody that gets excited. People are going to get excited, obviously, and be happy to see the people coming back to remember what you just said there about the current restrictions, that it can't be like it was and that we have to adhere to whatever the HSC guidelines are. Exactly. So maybe they'll do a drive past or something like that. You know, it, it will have to be a very muted affair by comparison to um, yeah. what the previous one was or any of the other homecomings either. You know, we're in strange times, unfortunately. We are indeed. But at the same time, what a lift this has given the country, not just Skibreen and West Cork, but even the reaction from all the newspapers around the, and the radio stations around the country. It's pretty obvious that everyone is delighted for Paul uh, for Finton and all the other rowers' success. I mean, rowing, as you know, you're steeped in it. It's in your blood. It's a sport that you've been hugely successful at and something you've always loved, I would imagine, and been passionate about. What does it feel like for you, for somebody who's been involved so long, to see rowing front and centre, of it, not just at the Southern Star, thanks to Kieran McCarthy, but all over the country and now worldwide as well? Well, I think you, you put your finger on it there. I think it gets into your blood because anybody who has ever rowed, when they pass a lovely river that's calm and they're saying, oh, I wish I was out there. <laughs> and and that's a fact. And every single roar, everybody that ever said it to a scholar or a four-eight um, has that feeling that just you want to get back into a boat and be out there. You know, it's, uh, it's hard work and you see... I suppose if, if something is too easy, you don't appreciate it uh, as much. And as everybody knows, the uh, amount of hard work that goes into rowing is, is for years and years and miles and miles on the water. You know, so it, because it doesn't come easy, I suppose it uh, you have it for life. 
And just finally, Nola, obviously this is a lovely moment for everybody in West Cork and Skibreen, especially Skibreen Rowing Club and the surrounding areas. But for yourself and for your club members, um, what a lovely time to be involved with the club and to see all the hard work and a lot of hard work come to fruition. Well, each and um, now we have um, some uh, great coaches um, in the club, but we're very limited, obviously, to the numbers we can take. We have uh, Denise Walsh now as our head coach, um, because family is obviously um, with the high performance team. Uh, so Denise and all the other coaches out there are doing enormous work. And the uh, committee, of course, because it takes so much fundraising and so much um, just administration, the whole thing. And we have had wonderful uh, committees down through the years as well. And Donald Sullivan um, was our chair in the very beginning for about 35 years, which um, set the club on the road uh, to where it is now. So we we have been blessed with wonderful um, committee members, um, officers and uh, coaches. And of course, Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM. Cork senior ladies footballers are back in another All Ireland semi final. Cork to the limit by Waterford before advancing to a TG Cahar LGFA All Ireland senior semi final meeting with Meath. I got reaction from Evie Fitzgerald, Paddy O'Shea, Emer Scally, Roisin Phelan, and first, Hannah Looney. Uh, Hannah Looney, congratulations. Into an All-Ireland football semi-final. That's the first thing and the most important thing. Yeah, exactly. Look, I'm delighted, to be honest. It's where we want to be. Uh, Tough game out there today, but, you know, it's just so great to be back in an All-Ireland semi. They did not make it easy for you today, Waterford. You knew that they wouldn't, but that game, it got back down to about three points at one stage and you had to take control of it towards the end. Yeah, exactly. I suppose we'd probably be most disappointed with our third quarter. We kind of slipped out of it a bit and rushed things and weren't clinical with our scores, but I think we showed a bit of composure as well to hold it and get the result in the end, you know. Um, your own form, middle of the park without Maura Callan. She's absent now today, but you you picked up the slack and played really, really well. Yeah, thanks very much. Yeah, it's 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 sad not having Maz out there at the moment. You know, we've been playing there for a while, so I would miss her out in the pitch. But um, hopefully now she'll be back and fighting fit now for the semi final. Um, but you know, Hutch is a great addition in there. She just sla- slipped right in, and we kind of complement each other well with Hutch defending or me attacking and vice versa. So um, yeah. And from your own point of view, between the football and the camogie this year you're managing both and you see everything is going well in Cork into into the latter stages of both championships it'll be full on over from here on yeah exactly I'm wrecked now after the weekend with the two games not going to lie I was struggling there in the last five minutes um, you know and just found out there as well we're into the All-Ireland semi with camogie so look business end it's where you want to be you know it's just about minding myself now for the la- next couple of weeks and, and driving on then for those matches Okay Roisin congratulations into an All-Ireland semi-final but that Waterford team really put it up to you today yeah, look, as in, they're a fantastic team. They always put it up to us and we were expecting nothing less than that and uh, just look glad to come out with the result. Um, the game kind of went in different phases. You started well, they came back into it, then you came back into it towards the end as well. But you got a couple of very important blocks in there towards the end between uh, Maria De La Hunty and Emer Fennel. They had two really good forwards who were dangerous every time they got on the ball. But important for you that you were able to shut that down right near the end. Yeah, look, we pride ourselves on our defending and um, look, it's important that uh, the backs uh, do the job on our end and the forwards do the job on their end. So look, um, on to the next day, really. Yeah, and Meath in the semi-final team that you've played already this year, a fantastic game. You won by two points. This is going to be really tough once again. Yeah, look, really tense encounter the last time we, we came up against them and it'll be no different this time. Um, they have a really good defensive unit and you can see that they got the scores around the other end as well. Um, great result for them today and uh, looking forward to it. Enjoying it on the edge of the square this year? You're playing really high, consistent level as always? Yeah, look, as in you get used to it on the centre of the square. So it's a tough position to get used to, but once you're... I've, I've been there for a number of years now, so it's, uh, it gets easier every year. Emer uh, Scali into an All-Ireland semi-final, which is great news for Cork, but a, a lot to work on. That was a tough game against the Waterford team who did not make it easy for you today. Yeah, look, um, I guess, look, I am absolutely delighted we're into an All-Ireland semi-final, but I am disappointed, obviously, with how we played. Um, I felt like we lost our way at times and I don't know, I thought we were probably just not linking as well as we did in the forwards compared to the Tipperary game. I thought we were kind of going at it in ones there, particularly when we just needed to get a few scores, get them over the bar and look, I was probably guilty of that too. But um, look, it's we're going to have our work cut out for us big time now. Um, I'll be very wary of Mead in two weeks' time, but um, look, we'll hopefully get a few injuries back and back into it.
just the fact that you have the two weeks, the chance for the injuries to clear up and a chance to build towards that game, give you the extra week, is vital enough for you. Yeah, absolutely. I suppose we were trying one or two different things today and maybe this was the first time we were implementing it today, so maybe we just got a bit lost along the way. But look, we have two weeks now. To, um, I know like we've a lot of we have a lot of the kind of fitness built up, so I suppose going forward we'll just be like obviously keeping that topped up and working more so on tactical stuff and, and getting it right that we know what we're doing just that we're 100% tuned in for the next game. And you'll need to be, as you said, because that first day out against me, they were they were really solid, really put it up to you, and they took a scalp today, as everyone ex- expected them to have beaten mm-hmm. Armagh, so they are a team on the up. Yeah, look, obviously we weren't looking past today, but like when you're thinking of Armagh or Mead for a potential semi-final, you'd be fairly wary of the two of them. So look, we're over, the, we're over today, we're on to Mead again. I know they'll have a point to prove again now against us the next day, but you can be rest assured that we won't be taking anything for granted against them. Uh, Paddy O'Shea, hard-fought win. It's almost like a cliche, but what? Put it up, Keith. There was only three points in it there at one stage in the second half. You must be happy, first of all, to get into another All-Ireland semi-final. Yeah, we are. The, the job done. We got the win. Um, well, we're never going to come down here and roll over and make it easy for us. Um, they made it very difficult and fair us them in the end, but we didn't help our own cause. Um, the kind of game plan they had in place, we didn't react to it as well as I would have liked, to be honest with you. But again, we wore them down in the end and we, you know, we got we got the win. So that's that's the be all in and all, really. If you was mentioning that you were trying out different shape even at the start of the game, now you'd have Kellan, you'd um, you'd Laura Manny in there as well. When it wasn't necessarily working, you were able to react to that, though. Yeah, we did. We we worked on a few things in training, um, preparation for today. I wouldn't say it was a disaster, but it wasn't going the way we planned it. So we made a few changes after the first water break. Uh, and again, I wouldn't even say it improved us that much when we did make those changes. It's something we'd have to look back at on the video now when the time comes and um, have a chat about it during the week of training. Mead, semi-final. We always we talked about after that Mead game earlier on this year in the Championship, how good a team they are. They really are solid. They've come up as intermediate All-Ireland champions. They've hit the ground running and they're a solid team. They put away Armagh today with the Mackins. So we know, you know, and you'll be doing all the video analysis. I doubt you're surprised that they that they have won, but what is it ahead of that game? Even just thinking about it, no, like you're going to have to be on it from the first minute. Yeah, and it's, as you said, it's no surprise to me because when we beat Mead, um, I think it was two points. I said to the girls at the next training session, girls, well done, and don't underestimate that win because it was a big win against a very, very good side. And I did back them to go all the way to the semi final. I just, they, they, what they do, they do really well, and they're so organised. It's very impressive now. So we have a huge challenge. I would say the second half today was kind of good preparation for that because Waterford set up very defensively in that second half. And that, that's my point about playing into their hands. We didn't move the ball around well enough and open up gaps and work the easy scores. We kept on trying to force things that weren't really on. Mm. If we do that against Mead, we're in big trouble. We need, we need composure against Mead. And just finally, how much are you looking forward to it? Like, I mean, it's an All-Ireland semi-final. It's a big occasion. It's going to be a great match between two really good teams. This is where you wanted to be at the start of the year and now you're there. Yeah, we're going to have two big weeks ahead of us. I'm looking forward to training Wednesday night. Can't wait for that. Um, we have a lot of work to do um, we have to watch that Mead game from today I don't think we're going to learn much more about Mead we know exactly what they do I don't think they can play any other way and they don't need to because they're very good at the way they play so as you say we have two weeks now to get set up for that OK Evie Fitzgerald into an All-Ireland semi-final um, let's talk about Waterford first that's a decent team that put it up to you and they were within three points for you there in the second half as tough a challenge as you were expecting oh yeah Waterford always you know the league match below was, I suppose was a reflection of that in Dungarvan yeah um, and to be fair they were missing the Murray girls today so they were they were, they were, you know I suppose short some of the better players but I thought we you know we probably lacked a bit of composure in the second half like we we didn't put scoreline pressure in terms of we, I think we were four or five up at half time um, had the ball from the throw in didn't score they came down got a couple of points and it took us a long time to get going again, you know. Now, they were very good defensively, to be fair to Waterford. They were rigid and, you know, they broke as fast as they could. I, you know, outside of the pass we gave away there, I never thought they were much of a goal threat. But at the same time, you know, you have to be wary of that. But I thought we finished the game out well. And again, you know, our substitutes did, did, did well when they came on. Um, it was, you know, maybe it was a difficult game for us in terms of... of you know, we lost Finn early on, yeah. and you know we didn't have Morrow Kellen available, and we we tried to be honest, we tried a different shape today, and 
you know, it, it, it wasn't really working for us. So all in all, we, with the management, I suppose we have to take responsibility for that and look at that. But but again, we can't doubt the battling qualities of the girls. You know, it, it really doesn't matter how you win. Um, we prefer to do it more more comfortably without being arrogant, but at the same time, it was a battle performance. And at the end, we were we were going strong at the finish, you know, and um, Durham kicked a lo- couple of lovely points. I think we, were, we probably, we were a little bit over anxious. We were looking for goals and the last pass was going astray a little bit of times and they were getting good blocks in below there so but all in all delighted to be in the in the semi-final you know it's it's um that's our since i've been involved that's our fifth or fifth or sixth semi-final and you know we have mead now in the next round which and that hasn't come as a surprise to me to be honest about it they're a, they're a fairly formidable outfit so the result against them the last day wasn't a bad result either you know so now i'm sure that i'm not sure but they'll probably be in crop park those those games will confirmed yeah it's two weeks time anyway two weeks time yeah 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 but listen we'll we'll, we'll enjoy this evening and get the girls to recover and and uh, you know we'll plan for me next week just finally were you concerned one point in the third quarter for me Marskelly I know things weren't going well I know you'd lost order as well to injury concerned with just I know you you weren't you didn't have you, didn't, you were creating chances but not finishing it's obviously something to work on yeah. and what is the update on Orla yeah Orla's a calf problem and it, it's it's just got worse we thought she'd get we'd get a half out of her but um, but again I suppose playing players that are half injured and I'm as guilty as anybody about that you know she's a fabulous girl and she trains she trains so hard and she works so hard to try and you know get herself fit and she taught herself that she'd get she'd get a half out of it but um, that didn't happen but but all in all you know I thought Ema Kiley came on and did a really decent job as well kicked some lovely points yeah um, I suppose with looking at the scoring in the third quarter it was just that little bit of composure maybe we were looking for goals rather than keeping the scoring ticking over um, I, I, I never saw us you know losing the match but at the same time you you, you you can't go off 14 minutes without without a score at this level, you know, without without it getting you into trouble. So, but all in all, again, the heart and the, the you know the passion of the girls and the commitment there, and you know they closed it out well in the finish. That you know Waterford weren't going to get a goal. So all in all, pleased with the result. But we know there's things that we can improve. On. The big red bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork defeated Waterford 219 to 38 and moved top of their All Ireland Senior Camogie Group Two last weekend. I caught up with Cork senior manager Paddy Murray and got his thoughts on his team's latest win. Okay, Paddy Murray, um, it's been a good weekend for uh, Cork Camogie, both the intermediate and the senior team and the minor team registering very, very impressive wins. But from your own perspective, how happy were you with that two nineteen to three eight win over Waterford? Yeah, I suppose. Look, uh, obviously the score we put up was was uh, we'd be quite happy with. Uh, I suppose the other side of it is continued three goals would be a worry. So you know, I suppose it's good and bad there. Um, Pamela Mackey's return how uh, how important is that to you ahead of the business end of the championship well, look I suppose it gives us another option um, you know played, played quite well um, uh, against Waterford so it, it just probably strengthens the, the whole squad which uh, is always important um, Waterford were coming into your weekend game there having beaten Dublin so there was a bit of momentum behind them but you, you nullify that quite well I know apart from the three goals that you conceded as you said which is a concern but your defence in, in all uh, holding them to eight points that must please you yeah look um, obviously eight points um, you'd have to be quite happy with it I suppose or the, the three goals we conceded was down to our own uh, mistakes really which it was disappointing you know you, you don't mind I suppose conceding a goal when, it, when it's been uh, of exceptional quality but these were, 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 were poor from a defensive point of view lack of lack of communication and uh, I suppose awareness of, of a free player so you know that's one area that we really have to tighten up on I think for a long time since we conceded three goals in a, in a championship match Indeed, but your scoring at the other end, it's been really positive this year for your party and a good spread between that division as well. You've got Orla Cronin weighing in with six points, Amy O'Connor one two. But just the general spread again amongst the team, it, it's been a feature of your of your of your performances this year, both in league and championship. Yeah, and I think it's important because, you know, when you come to the business end, you know, and up against better teams, uh, you'll need that because, look, some player can have an off day and uh, I suppose the more players we have chipping in at the moment, the better. Another bit of good news is that the draw has been kind to Cork and that you have a buy into the semi-finals. Obviously, you'll be happy with that or would you prefer the quarter-final and the, and the, the option of a game uh, heading into the last four? Um, I, I look, I suppose... We have no control over it, um, but I think uh, obviously we would be happy enough. I, I feel um, avoiding quarter final, particularly when it's uh, you know there's only a week of a gap between them, um, you know. So like, 
suppose you could draw the likes of Kilkenny in the quarter final and have to go in and face Galway the following week, which would be difficult uh, from a recovery point of view. So, you look, it gives us an extra week. We have a few injuries as well, which would be of concern to us at the moment. Uh, so, I think the extra we uh, the extra week would do us uh, would do us good. And just finally, Paddy, I mean, it's it's reward for the players' efforts on the training pitch and on the pitch itself throughout the year, the league campaign and the All Ireland Championship to be into the last four. Now, this is exactly where you would want to be. Well, look, it's, it's our plan to get to final, so uh, we're one step closer. Uh, obviously, you know, we know in a, in a semi-final that it's going to take a massive, massive effort uh, for 65 minutes. So, um, you know, look, it's where we want to be, but the next three or four weeks training-wise is going to be very, very important. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Fox Intermediate Camogie team proved too strong for a talented Antrim and defeated the Northerners 214-211 at Castle Road last weekend. Next up is a crunch meeting with Kilkenny. The Big Red Bench spoke to Cork Intermediate Manager Mark McCarthy, but first, here's Cork Captain Ashling Maloney. Now, the Cork Intermediate Captain Ashling Maloney, uh, fresh from Cork's fantastic win over Antrim in the All-Ireland group stages of the Intermediate Championship today. Ashling, hearty congratulations on a second win in two outings. Thanks a million, Ger. Um, we're very happy after today. It was an important match for us playing Antrim, the beaten All-Ireland finalists last year so we knew it was going to be a big game coming into today and we're just delighted we came out with the results at the end You got off to a very good start you got some good scores on the board you had two early goals it looked like things were going well and then they came back at you because as you said this is a really really good Antrim team Yeah absolutely we, we started off really really well I don't think we could have asked for a better start and getting the two goals as well was brilliant um, but I guess we kind of always knew that Antrim were going to come back into it like they are a really really good side so we were prepared for that purple patch as well and I think I suppose in both halves we weathered the storm and um, that was important that we were able to kind of hold on to our own and, and not necessarily slip too much Yeah because that third quarter I mean you kicked on again as you said you got about four I think it was six points in that time frame that proved crucial at the end because you were defending hard right up to the, I think it was the five minutes of injury time so you had to be on your toes yeah, absolutely. Um, th- that lead did prove crucial. We only won it by a goal in the end, and they did have two um, close-in frees at the end as well, so it really did come down to the wire. But again, I think the, the two goals that we got in the first half were crucial, and I think that we kept popping over the points as well, and we just had enough of a lead that because we were able to weather the storm, even though ideally we would have liked to have won it by more. But we knew that Antrim were going to come back at us, and we were prepared for that as well. So we're very happy to come out with the, with the results at the end. Now we've spoken a few times um, on this podcast and earlier in the season when you were in the middle of your league campaign. How important, looking back now, was the conditioning and was were those league games considering you've won two out of two in the championship? Yeah, really important. I think even from the aspect of like building our squad and you know getting to know everybody and getting for girls to get to know how each other play and everything, it was really really important. And the league gave us that opportunity to try different positions and try different girls and different combinations of teams and everything that was really important to set us up for championship and I suppose we knew coming into championship then that we had the work done you know we had the conditioning done as you say and we knew coming into championship that we were in a good place and I think that shows so far that we have two wins from two so we're very happy and you're the captain of this team. I mean, it's uh, it, it. I mean, it's obviously a very talented team. The scores have been evenly spread. The defence is, is really standing up when it needs to. But how easy is it to be the captain of this team? There seems like a lot of leaders in that dressing room alongside yourself. Yeah, we're very lucky. We do have a lot of leaders. Um, it's obviously a huge honour to be captain of such a brilliant team. But uh, at the end of the day, as you say, there's a lot of leaders. And I think in a team like this, you need a lot of leaders. I think it's very important that everybody can step up on any given day. And I think that's a brilliant thing with our panel of 32 that you, you don't really know on any given day what 15 might start because there is so much competition and everybody is able to drive everybody else on and work together as a panel and I suppose get the wins at the end of the day as well. Indeed and just finally the not so small matter of your final group game up in Kilkenny next weekend um, you've had fair, you've had some fair battles with them down through the years at underage and obviously at intermediate level that is one that's going to be really tough but you can't really come into it in any better shape No absolutely not I think like we have the momentum going into it but at the end of the day we, we know what Kilkenny are like as well they're going to be a very very good side and as you say we've played them throughout the years as well and especially travelling away from home we know that they'll be ready for battle and I think we have to be prepared for that too. Yes, we have two wins from two, but we, we know we, we, we need another win to guarantee our qualification next again. So it's really important now this week that we put in the work and get ourselves in the best shape possible for next Saturday, travelling up to Kilkenny. Indeed, but before that, Ashling, a welcome break for the players, I would imagine, over the bank holiday. You'll be able to relax a small bit before you hit the training pitch next week? 
Yeah, definitely. Um, the two days off will be nice now, right? Especially after today's match. It was a very fast and physical game as well, and especially in the heat as well. I think it took a lot out of both sides, so it would be nice to have the two days off to kind of relax and recover and get ready to go again on Monday night. Thank you, Jerry. Yeah, delighted with the result. Uh, Performance-wise as well, we you know we certainly upped it from the from last week against Kildare. Uh, we went back to the drawing board there on Monday and Wednesday again and I knew that it would be a stern test against Antrim. Uh, arguably, you know, Antrim will be up there one of the best in the country. Uh, so we, we had to up our game and, and certainly nail things down and, and get the basics right ahead of today. And thankfully, it, it came together. Um, still plenty to do, you know, going forward. But uh, yeah, delighted with the win. You got off to a really good start, Mark, like you have been doing in previous matches, but then they came back at you. There was only three points in it at the break. Were you happy with the response in the third quarter and the way your team finished? I'd say we were delighted how the players stood up. You know, we went we went seven, eight points up there in the first half. And at half time then we, we got our structure back. We knew we had to, you know, get things going again and we just stopped. We let Antrim come back into the game and we just had to get that transition from defence into attack going again and once once we nailed that we knew the forwards could do damage up front so that third quarter there was crucial you know we scored six points unanswered uh, we did take the foot off the gas for the last 15 again which we'll have to address and uh, and reflect upon but uh, yeah look that those 15 minutes there just after half time that was crucial for us uh, that late late free at injury time that Andrew were lining up what were you thinking? Uh, you know we were we were fairly confident that with, with the players behind behind the ball that the girls you know, would would do their utmost really to uh, to stop this. Uh, I suppose in those instances, you never know what's going to happen. You know, dribbling the ball along the ground, some some sort of a mistake or a flick, and uh, that could be it. Uh, would have been would have been gutting really if yeah. if we hadn't gotten the gotten the win. You know, I felt that we were we were the better side there throughout, um, and under no illusions that Antrim will come back and they'll go again next weekend, and we might face them in the latter stages of the competition. Uh, but yeah, look those the last couple of last couple of frees uh, there that they had were certainly the, the heart was in the mouth yeah but you got over the line which is the main thing as you said and you got the result again another feature mark we've talked about it not just in the championship and the league campaign you always seem to have a good spread of scores in this team it's 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 testament to the coaching but it's also testament to the talent that you're not reliant on one or two players that's crucial hitting the business end now of the championship absolutely and, and something we spoke to the players about it's at the start of the year um, back in April there April May when we were putting our 30 players together and beyond that everyone had a part to play you know any forwards that were coming into the fold they would get their opportunity uh, if girls weren't firing then in training sessions that would reflect on the, the team sheet on, on the Saturday uh, but look we, we require finishers as well and I think it's coming more and more into Camogie as well and, and amateur sport that you need you need players to be able to launch from the bench. So thankfully today, you know, we had we had the likes of Fanon and Neville to come off the or come off the bench and you know have that experience and they kind of know how how to see out the game. And just finally, Mark Kilkenny next weekend. Never a dull moment when you play Kilkenny, but two wins out of two in your group. Really playing playing particularly well both in defence and attack. This is one. No, is I mean it's not that you don't have anything to lose, but like you couldn't have asked for a better lead into it. That's it. Look, we we have the momentum going for us now, and we spoke about it after the game today. We we have to we have to keep the players uh, keep the players very much level headed. You know, and let them enjoy the next the next number twenty four forty eight hours and get back to training on on Monday and, and Wednesday and go from there. Uh, Kilkenny will be a massive test. We're going up there knowing that we still have to win the game. You know, in order to get through. Uh, yes, two good results, but at the end of the day, if we don't beat Kilkenny, we're we're the possibility of losing out on a quarter final or semi final spot. So yeah, there will be a huge test above in Callan and uh we know that it'll be you know, hostile environment whereby we'll we'll be under pressure from the outset. Uh but look we're looking forward to the challenge. The big red bench. Saturday and Sunday from six PM. Talk minor Komogi team made it two Tesco A All Ireland Championship group wins in as many games, thanks to a recent three nineteen to North three victory at home to Limerick. I spoke to Cork Minor captain Olivia McAllen from the Sarsfields Club about her team's progress, a cracking squad atmosphere and much more. Now it is a real thrill to be joined by the Cork Camogie Minor captain Sarsfields Olivia McAllen. How are you? 
Hi, Joe. How are you? I'm really good. Thank you very much for taking the time to join us here on the Women in Sport podcast on the Big Red Bench. You've been quite busy, to put it mildly, on the Cork Minor Camogie team, Olivia, simply because not alone have you had two tough Tesco All-Ireland Minor Championship games to negotiate, but you've won both of them back-to-back. And things, is it fair to say things are going really well for you right now? Yeah, sure. We're, we're thrilled, really. We played really well in both matches and... We're really coming together as a team, which is great, and we're all busy training away three nights a week. It's a big commitment at minor level, Olivia, and especially coming out of COVID and everything, things are starting to return to normal, some bit of normality. But I, I would say to you, scoring 221 against Clare and scoring 319 against Limerick, that shows the effort that's being put in on the training pitch. Oh yeah, sure. It's a huge effort by all the girls, the sacrifices everyone's making. You know, on nights out and stuff, we, we all kind of have to make our sacrifices. And all the girls, we're all thrilled to do them because, you know, it's worth it when we get wins like that and we go out and play so well together as a team. Very well said. Now, I, I just want to take you back, Olivia, to the start of the season. How, how there was there, there was quite a lot, there seems to be quite a lot of interest at each grade of the Cork Mogi underage inter-county section to the point where the trials to get on this minor team were not an easy thing to, to do or to, to come through. But the final panel obviously are delighted to be part of the Cork setup. But how difficult was that trial period, and how much, how intense was it just to get on the team, just to get on the panel? Yeah, I think we we were training sixty girls for we were training for now for I think maybe three months. So the lads, like their management, put in huge effort. You know, going through all the girls, they had to look at every club and make sure that no one was missed out, and everyone did get a very fair chance. And the thirty girls sure were more than delighted to be there representing minor for Cork. Indeed, and a huge honour for you and your family, Olivia, and especially for Sarsfields, your club, to be nominated captain. Yeah, sure, it's a great bunch of girls to be leading and, you know, it's it's an honour really, so I get on so well with all the girls and we kind of, we all push each other on, there's many leaders on the team, so I'm just thrilled to be picked as it by the management. And were you picked because you're the most sensible and down-to-earth one, or uh, were you picked? <laughs> no, I <didn't. laughs> I'd say that's fair now between all the girls, I don't think it was that, I think. Maybe I'll be shouting the loudest belly at everyone, but we, all the girls, we all get on great. And it's not just me, it's everyone really. We all push each other on. Well said. Now, we're talking about the Tesco Minor All-Ireland Championship. At the moment, we don't know who Cork are going to be playing, either in a semi-final or quarter-final. But a quick glance across the other groups, and you're looking at the likes of Galway, you're looking at the likes of, of, of Tipperary and Kilkenny and Waterford. Whoever you get and whenever you play, um, Olivia, it's fair to say that anything from here on in is going to be a huge step up. Oh, definitely, yeah, but sure. Like, I, they're doing all their own training and they've all been working on themselves just like we have. Um, we're kind of focused on ourselves, really. We're not too worried about who we're going out playing just once we play together well as a team. Um, and if we keep going the way we're going, I'm sure we'll have no problem. Um, we're doing great together anyway as a team and we'll just go out and do our best. That's all we can do, really. We'll focus on ourselves. Indeed. How... How important has Jerry Wallace and his management team been to you, not just through the last couple of weeks, but since this the trial period, as you said, 60 players looking to get on the panel, since the very start, how encouraging have they been and how, how good have they been to you? We're really lucky, really, with the management we have. They're, you know, they work so well together as a team. It's not just Jerry, no, there's um, Fanta, McBoland and Sonia, they all work together. And it's they're there, you know, they're so supportive of all the girls. They give everyone really a fair chance, you know, all the girls, all the subs that come on, everyone gets their fair chance to play. And you know, they're really dedicated as well. They're there just as much as the rest of us. They're there setting up the cones and like organising all our fixtures and everything. So like we're so grateful towards them all. And I would imagine Olivia being a minor and living through COVID was a very, very difficult thing to do. Um, how important were they through that process when you were at home and when you couldn't, uh, you know, you couldn't even get out on a pitch? Yeah, man, with he like Jerry stayed in contact with us through it all. You know, kind of texting, just get out poking. All encouragement really it was never anything, you know, like forcing us or telling us to go out and do runs or whatever. It's we all wanted to do them because we knew we would get back eventually. So every all the girls, we all did our own bit. We went out poking and did our runs and stuff. So we like you know all the management were great with us there. 
Indeed. And look, just finally, Olivia, obviously you don't know who you're playing or when you're playing just yet, but you'll know quite shortly. This minor grade is extremely competitive, but it must be great for you as a Camogie player, an inter-county player, not just to see the minor team doing well, but the under 16 A's and B's, the intermediate and the seniors. It seems like there's a real push in Cork Camogie this year, and you seem to be, I suppose, pushing each other when the results come in, like the minors want to do as well as the 16s and the intermediates want to do as the seniors. But it, it's a really good time to be involved in Cork Camogie, I would imagine. Oh, definitely, yeah. We just want to add on to their, like, the under-16s and the intermediates and the seniors, all their success. And it's it's great future for Cork Camogie, really, you know, when you see all the underage doing well. So it's, it's only positives. Well, on behalf of everybody here at the Big Red Bench, we wish you all the success between here and the end of the championship. And hopefully we'll catch up with you for a semi-final or even a final between now and then. Perfect. Thanks so much. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM. What a week it's been for the Cork under 16A and B Camogie Intercounty teams. First, Donny Daly's under 16As added a Munster title to the All Ireland Championship they secured a couple of weeks before. Then it was the turn of Tom Linehan's under 16B squad, who defeated Tipperary and claimed a Munster B crown. We'll hear from Tom Linehan shortly, but first, here's Cork under 16A manager Donny Daly plus co captains Millie Condon and Fiona Tuig. Now, it is a real thrill to be joined here on the Big Red Bench by the Cork Under 16A Munster champions who added that provincial title to their All-Ireland title run earlier in the year. We're joined by the manager, Donny Daly, and the joint captains from Balnascarty and from Valley Rovers, Millie Condon and Fiona Tuig. First of all, Donny, hearty congratulations on your Munster final victory over Tip, but it sounds like it was far from easy. Hi, uh, Ger- um Hi, Hortings. Yeah, it was um, a tough game now, in fairness. Um, very much like the Caltaren final, to be honest. Uh, Two-point victory, uh, 13 points to, to 2-5. Um, it was nip, nip and throw. I, I look at any stage, Tipperary uh, could, have, could, have, could have stole it towards the end. Look, again, we were, we were probably on the better team again. We just didn't didn't convert the last of the points that we could have taken. Um, and I look at the girls are tired, to be honest. There's a, there's a lot of... Um, that stuff going on the last couple of weeks and they're just you know been on the road now 10 weeks nearly, nearly 6 weeks in a row with matches um, it was a tough tough hard slog and look Tipperary put it up to us today and you know eventually we came out on the, the other side of it Good stuff Millie uh, from your point of view you've been quite busy in both football and Camogie but from the Camogie side of things how how talented a squad have you been playing on this year? Yeah it was unreal really um, there's 30 of us and there really isn't anything between any of us like you can put out any 15 on any day and you'll do your job and we'll come out with a win with any team put out. And today, Millie, against Tipperary, this sounds, and it, uh, the way Donny describes it as well, really tough match right up to the end. But did the experience of winning in the All-Ireland help you today? Yeah, it did. It just, like, you could be winning by however much and they could, like, they popped in two quick goals again today and that brought them right back to a draw, I think. And then, like... They can, they can turn so easily and you just have to keep your head in the game and keep on going with it and then we can pop over two more points and then we won Fiona um, as co-captain from your point of view um, there was a lot of people looking to get on this panel this year it was a lot of trials a lot of people involved but it sounds like the best 30 or 30 odd players were there yeah look I suppose every year there's always a massive kind of like rivalry to be getting on a course team you know the standard is raising every year and I think more girls and more girls are just coming through and you know numbers now are just getting even bigger in Cork County so I think it's just raising the standards hugely and from your own point of view Fiona obviously winning both a Munster and an All-Ireland is a fantastic achievement was this the toughest of the games you've played? Uh, look it's what dreams are made of like you know and there's no easy battle to get to where we were at all. You know, I think we earned our victory by putting out what we could and we done our best. And I think everybody just came through and delivered on the day. Good stuff. And Donny, as you said, like it's been a very intense 10 weeks or 10 or so weeks for you and for your backroom team and your, and your sponsors and everybody in, in the background to help these girls achieve their goals. But you must be absolutely thrilled with the way it's worked out. Uh, we are, Ger. Look, it's uh, obviously when you start at the start of the season, this is what you hope for to get a not Ireland monster on your belt. Um, it's great to have, I suppose, the girls with, with the talent and with, with the, the belief and the desire to, to put in the hard work and basically to do what you ask of them. Um, 
Well, and I keep saying to you every, every week we talk to me all, all we do as, as coaches is facilitate the girls we you know, provide training sessions we you know, provide the, 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 the facilities for them they're the ones that put in the work they're the ones that, that, that do it week in week out and they've a lot of other things on they've you know, obviously school and stuff um, things going on in, in, in dual sports there's things going on in their families and to be able to come out week in week out and put in performances like that and different weather conditions against different teams do exactly what we ask of them, you know, and look for a play at the county board as well, have given us everything we've asked for, they've given us physios, they've given us conditioning coaches, the girls got, got, got gear, you know, it's, it takes an awful lot to, to put together an All-Ireland and most winning team and, you know, everyone kind of has to put together, pull together, everyone has to kind of have the same, you know, we had, we had, um, we got bands uh, this year, um, wristbands for the team, for the girls and it's like, and I would say one team, one mission, one goal, and you know, we all wore wore those for the for the season, and like that's that's what it's all about. You know, you you, you focus on 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 the, the the job in hand, and you come out you know at the at the end of a a, a campaign, and you know you just hope to be victorious and thank God we were. Well said. And Millie, just finally, uh, for you, obviously it's been a terrific year at Intercounty level at Camogie. You'll be hoping to do the sim- something similar in Munster with the with the footballers. But how much are you looking forward to um, continuing your Camogie career with Cork? Yeah, no, I'm buzzing to look like looking forward to next year now to get started again straight away and hopefully to do the same again next year with the minors. And also from a club level, Millie, you'll obviously be looking forward to getting back to playing for Balnascarty as well. Quite a few matches on the way once the inter-county season is out, up and uh, finished. Yeah, um, Bal, we're small enough numbers, but we hope to get fairly far this year if we work well together. Well said. And Fiona, from your point of view and your club in Valley Rovers, obviously it's been a terrific year for you at inter-county level. You'll be looking forward to doing something similar now with the Brinney Club? Yeah, I suppose, you know, it starts with the club. Like, you know, you go back to basics there and you try to pull out and a few victories with the club again. And that's what gets you out there and that's what gives you just the more experience and everything. I think, you know, without club, you wouldn't be able to get the county. So I think just back to basics then again and try and get another thing across the line. And Ger, Ger if I can just yes. come in there and be, before you before you kind of uh, say anything else, Fiona um, and, and Millie, obviously, they've, they've been huge uh, influences for us as, as vice captains, or sorry, as joint captains um, for, 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 the, for the season. Fiona uh, got... Man, a player of the match in the All Ireland final, and Millie got player of the match today. I don't know if you're aware of that. So that that just kind of shows you the caliber of the, of these two girls and what what they bring, and um, not just as players to the to the, the panel, but as leaders and and, and as influences for the, for the, the the rest of the girls. That's very well said, and they're obviously very good talkers as well, Donny, because they're naturals at this uh, interview business. Oh, they are. They'll, I'd say they'll, they'll, they'll probably take up kick careers with either RT or Well, listen, um, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, Donny, and to you two, uh, Millie and Fiona, today as finishing the season at under-16 level as All-Ireland and Munster champions is a fantastic return for all the hard work you've put in. Congratulations from everybody here on the Big Red Bench. Thanks, sir. Thank thanks, you. Thanks, thank you. thanks for all your help uh, over the last week as well. Thank you. Well, it's been a very, very productive few days, to put it mildly, for Cork Camogie at underage level. Not alone have they won an All-Ireland and Munster under-16A Camogie title, but Tom Lenehan, one of the mentors involved with the Cork under-16Bs, added a Munster title to an already bulging trophy cabinet. Tom joins us now on the line. Tom, congratulations, first of all, to you and your team. Thanks, Joe. It's a great circumstances. Indeed it is, because not alone did your under-16B squad win the Munster under-16B, but you did it in style. You, you pretty much overwhelmed Tipperary in the, in the decider, so you must have been absolutely thrilled with that performance. We did, Joe, and I suppose, um, you know, it was probably from the word go, really, I suppose the attitude and the hunger of the girls was, was just enormous, you know. From the, the very first ball, they, they just attacked the game straight off and put Tipperary on the back foot. Straight off the bat, you know, and I suppose they kept that intensity up, and we did just pull away from Tip, I suppose, after the first water break, really, you know. And you, Tom, you've, you've been involved Camogie long enough to know that Tipperary produce quality teams all the time, and this year would be no exception. But is this more 
an indictment of, and we've spoken about it on the podcast before, the quality of Camogie player coming out of the clubs in Cork right now, not alone at under 16, but minor and junior and intermediate level. When you see the quality that you have in, with respect, being called a B team, you're anything but a B team. I think so, Joe. I mean, I mean, we look through the girls there, and I know a lot of the girls we have with sixteen. There's a good, a good number of these girls are already featuring on their own club minor and club intermediate junior teams, even on senior panels. So I, I think the experience and the skill level they're getting there is starting to shine through. You know, when we get out into county. And just on that, obviously they're finished now for the year because there is no all Ireland under 16B, um, unfortunately. So a lot of these players are going back to their clubs, but you'd be hoping that they'll kick on and start to make their presence felt on future inter-county panels. I, I would hope so, Joe. I mean, it, it's only, it probably is a couple of years ago there used to be a, an all Ireland series for this, this team. Um, you know, it, it dropped off maybe three years ago at Camogie Station, dropped the all Ireland for this team. But for these group of girls, definitely what I would like to see them know is, is the feature possibly in in minor or minor tries, or minor setups going forward. As some of these girls, the, the level, of skill, and the attitude they have, I would say definitely they would deserve to have a shot at these top teams going forward. And credibly to you, Tom, and your backroom team, you scoured the county wide because it wasn't just one particular area. All four divisions were well represented here. There were, Joe, as I said before, we had 19 clubs, um, and I mean, it was, you know, out of the UK, we had 216 teams, there's probably 55 girls there, and I'd say the spread across the county is huge. Um, the, we didn't probably pull up a lot of 15s then in our team, you know, so there's another there's another cohort of girls now over with 15s at the moment, which will probably be pushing cases as well, which is great, you know. And from your own point of view, Tom, obviously there was a you had a, your fellow management team. I know you want to give them a bit of praise for all the help and work that they put in this year and your sponsors. Yeah, I suppose look with Black B, the sponsors coming on board is really giving a boost to Camogie, all right, you know. Um, it's great to have something like that, you know, to fall back and to take care of a few bits for you. Um, yes, with Shelley Comey and, and Esther Leary involved as well. Now, or Shelley and Esther would have been involved with 14, 15 for the last year or two so they had a good insight as well to player based you know so it, it does help when you've seen the, the girls progress up through the years to bring them on so I think like those two girls myself and, and the parents you know and the girls themselves just committing for the eight weeks we had them made a big difference and showed in the results yesterday well it certainly did and in your performances and in the way you played yourselves and prepared yourselves you deserve a, you deserve a huge amount of credit Tom you and the players so on behalf of everybody here at the Big Red Bench we're absolutely delighted to see this group of players win a Munster title deservedly so and hopefully we'll be hearing a lot more about them in the coming years hopefully John hopefully we'll, we'll see some of these names appear again and I, I no doubt we will that's it for another Big Red Bench Women in Sport podcast remember to subscribe to the Big Red Bench on Spotify or Apple Podcasts you can also listen online at redextra.ie. Don't forget to tune in to the Big Red Bench with Rory O'Hagan, Colm O'Sullivan and Valerie Wheeler between 6 and 7pm on the radio every Saturday and Sunday. Follow the Big Red Bench across all our social media channels as well as visiting our official website redfm.ie. The Big Red Bench, Saturday and Sunday from 6pm, Cork's Red FM.